we associate Nicholas with generosity, with gift-giving. I think what people would love to discover about the real historical person of St. Nicholas is that he was a well-rounded person in the sense that um, there was a full life there that was lived out. I think if he were alive today, you know, he might not be, you know, the jolly red-suited character from the North Pole. He might say, what we need to be doing is more than simple acts of charity. You know, we've also got to be working to transform society, to really get involved in the lives of people, in the welfare of our communities. Were you aware that good old St. Nick actually lived on this earth? He was a real person and was involved in his community making changes? Well, we're going to learn about that on today's edition of Come Receive the Light from the Orthodox Christian Network. I'm Mike Trout, and this is a special edition of our broadcast. All during the month of December, we're going to feature a number of conversations about the subject of Christmas. And leading those discussions will be our host... Father Christopher Metropolis, the president of Hellenic College and Holy Cross Orthodox School of Theology. Dr. Adam C. English is the chair of the Department of Christian Studies and professor of Christian Theology and Philosophy at Campbell University in North Carolina. He teaches courses in the field of theology, philosophy, and ethics. Dr. English has contributed to a variety of journals and periodicals and is a published author. Today, we want to draw your attention to a book The Saint Who Would Be Santa Claus, The True Life and Trials of St. Nicholas of Myra, published in 2012 by Baylor University. Welcome to the program, Adam. It's wonderful to be with you, Father Chris. The historical St. Nicholas is commemorated and revered among far more than Christian denominations than just the Orthodox Christians. What makes St. Nicholas's story so compelling? What made you want to study his life? Really, those are two questions in my mind. Uh, You know, for the first one, really, what makes this story so compelling? It's a strange answer in one sense, because in many ways, he is such an ordinary saint. Uh, He's not the kind of saint that is uh, pulling off enormous miracles or uh, fantastic um, feats. He did not write large tomes of theology uh, he was not the emperor of anything. Uh, so in many ways, he's ordinary. And I think, in a sense, that's really what has been so compelling about him, uh, is that he, in many ways, is so relatable in ways that I think, in some sense, other saints are not. Uh, he, he did not live in the desert, uh, you know, in a cave, battling demons, and neither do we. So sometimes those saints are a bit hard to, to relate to. Here was someone who was uh, an ordinary pastor, and he was doing common works of, of generosity and justice, things that you and I could do in many ways. And so you see this even in his um, patronages. Uh, he, he's the patron saint of so many just ordinary groups, uh, bakers and orphans and button makers and fla- florists and newlyweds and old maids and pirates and pawnbrokers, uh, this is someone that I think people almost instinctively knew they could relate to, and I think that's important when we're looking at the saints. We're looking for models for our own life and for our own Christian faith, people that we can relate to in some ways. Okay. Uh, Can you tell us something about him that we may not know that gives us a greater understanding of this much-loved saint? 
many things that we could we could talk about here. Um, I think one thing that people probably don't you can find a lot of information about uh, St. Nicholas on the web, of course, and and through you know um, books and, and places like that. But one of the things that really was a discovery for me when I when I started doing some research into the actual documents about him is that there is this distinction between uh, Nicholas of Myra and Nicholas of, of Zion, which is is no longer really uh, recognized by people. Typically, when you hear the story of St. Nicholas, um, what it ends up being is the story of these two different individuals named Nicholas who've been combined together. And so part of my research and my work on St. Nicholas was to separate these two individuals back out. Uh, just to give you one example, um, this Nicholas of Myra is the one that we look to as the father of Christmas. Uh, and Nicholas of Zion lived well over 100 years later. Uh, they have the same name, Nicholas, but they're two different individuals. And, for example, we know the names of the parents of Nicholas of Zion, this later figure. We don't know the names of the parents of Nicholas of Myra. But when the story gets retold and retold and retold generation after generation, those two characters get blurred together. And so oftentimes what you'll see on the web or maybe in books or on TV is um, – the names of Nicholas's parents, but it's actually a different Nicholas. I don't know if that sounds too confusing to follow. No, no, but, that's, uh, that's uh, a very good point. I, I never knew that. I never knew that, so that's very good. And, and I really like what you said, Adam, about the fact that we can actually relate. The, the common person today can relate. Uh, he didn't live on top of a pillar. Uh, he didn't mm-hmm. live in a cave, but he had the ability to do something that all of us could do as well. And that's what a lot of people are asking today. Where is it relevant in my life? And I think you, yeah. you brought it very, very nicely. I mean, as the Bishop of Myra, his generosity, his kindness was possibly unparalleled in the Christian world and became a model for selfless giving and giving for the glory of God. How do you think that, that we can emulate him in our lives? The story that he is most well known for, at least today certainly, is the story of the three dowries uh, this episode that occurs early in his life, in which he discovers that there are a, a household of um, a father and then three daughters who are on the brink of destitution. And the father is contemplating um, selling off the daughters into slavery, into prostitution. You know that's how desperate they are, and I, you know I can't imagine being so desperate that that would even enter my thinking. So, so um, you know you really have sympathy here. Nicholas intervenes with these gifts for them, saving them from ruin. And, of course, that's where we um, get the modern-day Santa Claus gift-giving idea, and that's what we really link Santa Claus and St. Nicholas with. And it's selfless giving, as you say. Um, Can I I dive into that for a minute, that selfless giving? Um, You know, I was a parish priest for 37 years, and I went around many times in several parishes that I served, and we would bless homes. And I would say to people, I want you to open your closets as well. And they would say, what do you mean? Why do you have to open the closet? The closet's messy. And I said, well, you probably have in there things you wore once or you never used at all. Mm-hmm. Um, this type of a giving is something that is, uh, I, I would say, over and above the average yeah. person's gift because 
this person, St. Nicholas, gave to save a dire situation. He didn't just give gifts for the sake. You know, That's right. It's amazing how we even give gifts today to people we hate because we don't want them to talk back at us, right? <laughs> and, and yet this man is going mm -hmm. around giving gifts like there's no tomorrow, and he's not expecting anything in return, is he? That, that's exactly right. I think what's so compelling about his gift giving and that in that story is that he's giving to people that he doesn't know. He doesn't owe anything to. Mm -hmm. They don't know him. He's giving them anonymously. This is not family members. I, I, I'm not at all against giving gifts to your family at Christmas no, time. That's wonderful. Uh, but to then give gifts. Um, to those in need, those beyond your circle of concern, beyond those whom mm -hmm. you know, um, I mean, that is another level of giving that is it really is. challenging for us. It is. Well, let's talk a bit about some of the challenges he encountered, how he worked through them. What can we learn, let's say, from his character because of these things? As you mentioned, we, we associate Nicholas with generosity, with gift-giving. I think what people would love to discover about the real historical person of St. Nicholas uh, is that he, he, was, he, he was a well-rounded person in the sense that um, there was a full life there that was lived out. Uh, in, uh, it's important to know that he lived during a time in which Christians were, were persecuted, and he saw the end of persecution, official uh, state-run persecution against Christians in his own lifetime. He, uh, he encountered uh, you know, just that kind of intolerance towards Christians in his own life. Uh, he was an advocate for justice. Um, there's a couple of really important stories where he intervenes personally to save the lives of innocent men who have been falsely accused. Um, he acts on behalf of his city. Uh, and there's another instance where the city is caught in the midst of a famine and a drought, and you know he he personally intervenes with uh, grain ships that are are at port and are headed on to Constantinople uh, to bargain and to um, negotiate um, grain for for the famine relief there in the city. Uh, and so when you start to really learn about this person, you discover he's more than just a gift giver, a jolly gift giver. He's someone who uh, worked tirelessly, not only on behalf of of his church as a as a parish you know, uh, minister, but on behalf of the city, uh, on behalf of these, you know, social justice and um, famine relief and, and things like that. So I think if he were alive today, you know, he might not be, you know, the, the jolly red-suited character from the North Pole. He, he might be in a business suit <laughs> as a politician, as a lawyer working for, uh, for social justice, working uh, for, for broad concerns. And, you know, I don't know what he would look like, but I think the challenge there is to say, um, you know, what we, what we need to be doing is, is more than uh, simple acts of charity. You know, we've also got to be working um, to, to transform society, uh, to, to really get involved in the lives of people, and you know, in the in the welfare of our of our communities, mm -hmm. and the beauty of this, I mean, we have a tendency because we now have a twenty four seven news cycle uh, to see all the negative things that happen. But there are so many people in the world that are doing what I call these arcs, as I saw it in a movie, uh, mm -hmm. acts of random kindness, and it happens all over the world. And many times, those things just never get covered. Um, I have That's one right. final question for you. 
what are some of the qualities we as Christians should strive to imitate about St. Nicholas from reading your specific book? I mentioned uh, these characteristics of justice, uh, which is paired with generosity. I think sometimes Christians, we want to do good in the world, and so sometimes we, we say, if we can just give money to something, you know, if we can just you know, give a, a gift bag or give, give clothes to something or throw food at it, uh, you know, that'll cover it. And I think Nicholas really challenges us to go kind of that one step further. Uh, yeah, of course, it's important to, to have clothing ministries, to have, um, you know, food pantries and things like that. But he's also challenging us uh, in terms of how we, how we live out justice, how we work for justice in our, in our communities, in our church, in our society. And I think that's the real challenge that Nicholas leaves us with. Um, again, beyond the gift-giving. That's what I'm struggling with myself. That's what I'm trying to work on personally. Very good, very good. Adam, thank you very much for sharing with us the life of St. Nicholas and making it relevant to today's world. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Again, the title of Dr. English's book is The Saint Who Would Be Santa Claus, and you've been listening to a special edition of Come Receive the Light from the Orthodox Christian Network, and our host is Father Christopher Metropolis, the president of Hellenic College and Holy Cross Orthodox School of Theology. I'm Mike Trout. And all during the month of December, we're going to share with you a couple of programs each week. That's uh, double what we normally do. One of them will feature uh, a conversation on the theme of Christmas, and the other will be a part of our regular series of interviews. Uh, Please join us a little more often, if you can, and share with your friends that we'll have this emphasis during the month of December. We're a nonprofit ministry. We're on the web at myocn.net, and we're all over social media. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram and Pinterest and Google+, etc., etc., etc. Join us wherever you connect with audio that uh, will edify and uh, bless your life. That's myocn.net, and uh, you can listen again to the program, the conversation. When you go there, just click on the Listen button on the homepage and select Come Receive the Light. And until we meet again, please remember to always have faith in what you listen to. I see the world your way, and I'm not afraid to follow. I see the world your way. I'm not ashamed to say so I see the Jesus way And I'm walking in life